Once you have had a wonderful dog, a life without one is a life diminished. That's a quote by author Dean Coots, and I couldn't agree more. I want my wonderful dogs to live as long as possible, and what they eat plays a huge role in their health and longevity. Kibble is full of seed oils that wreak havoc on our dog's health. They damage their microbiome, which affects digestion, oral health, their skin and coat, and more. And that's why I feed my dog, Benji, Yumwoof. Their air-dried food is GMO-free and has an inflammation-reducing recipe with omega-3 and coconut oil. It's all the benefits of fresh food without the fridge, carbs, filler, seed oils, and other inflammatory ingredients you see in other brands. Yum Woof obsessively crafted a healthy, low-carb food with humanely raised USDA meat, eggs, and other non-GMO superfoods that my dog loves. Try the number one air-dried dog food for gut health for 50% off a trial of Yum Woof. That's 50% off a trial of Yum Woof. Go to www.yumwoof.com. That's www.yumwoof.com. You and your dog will be so glad you did. I'm thrilled to have Art Markman, PhD, on the program. We're going to be talking about the book he did with Bob Duke, PhD, Brain Briefs, Answers to the Most and Least Pressing Questions About Your Mind. Hello there, Art. Welcome to the show. It's great to be here, Lisa. Thanks so much. You know, it's so nice to have you on the show because we all have so much going through our mind. And one of the things that was interesting in the beginning of the book, you write, personality psychologists have identified five dimensions of personality that aptly describe the ways that people differ from one another in terms of behavior. What is a personality psychologist, first of all? And let's talk about these five. <laughs> yeah, pers- personality psychologists are people who care about these, these big individual differences between people. And, you know, personality is a fascinating thing because everyone's motivational system, that, that, that those brain systems that drive you to act, those are tuned in slightly different ways. You could think of a, each of us as having slightly different factory settings. And, uh, and those factory settings affect what you like to do, what you gravitate towards. And by the time you hit adulthood, they remain relatively stable o- across your life. And, uh, and, and so what personality psychologists did starting, you know, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, was to just to ask people a ton of questions about what they like to do and what they tend to do and, and, and how they react to situations. And when you do that, you throw everything in a big statistical hopper. You end up with uh, the finding that, that there are roughly five dimensions that, that are the first broad set of cuts on individual differences between people. And these are things like being open to new experiences, where some people really embrace new things and other people really like to avoid uh, doing new things. Things like extroversion versus introversion. So do you like being the center of attention in big social situations or do you like to avoid that sort of thing? Uh, conscientiousness. Do you do you get stuff done when when you're asked to do it? Do you follow the rules, or do you tend to be a bit of a rule breaker? Um, you know, there's there's uh, what used to be called neuroticism. Now they call it emotional stability because nobody's really sure what the word neurotic <laughs> means. Uh, and and basically that's a reflection of how much energy do you have flowing through that motivational system. And then the last of the big five is one called agreeableness, which is basically are you motivated to get along with other people or do you really not care so much whether you get along with others? 
you know, I'm definitely the extrovert for sure. My husband's the introvert. And it's funny because we have a lot of similar interests. But then that thing is like, I want to be the center of attention all the time. He's like, no attention whatsoever, please. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's so many fun parts in the book. You've got, can we make ourselves happy? How do we catch a liar? I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. So, you know, it turns out that everybody has the wrong set of beliefs about lying. And if you go on the Internet, you can find all kinds of great suggestions. You know, if somebody looks up into the left, sometimes it's up into the right. Sometimes it's they don't make eye contact. Sometimes it's that they laugh and stutter. All of these things that are supposed to be tells about whether you're lying. And it actually those don't work that effectively. Uh, there are lots of reasons why someone might not make eye contact. Actually, it's really hard to make eye contact with someone when you're speaking to them because faces are really distracting. And so actually you tend to look off to the side from people when you're speaking to them and then look more directly at them when they're speaking to you. So all of those things are lousy ways of trying to tell liars from truth tellers. If you do detailed analyses of people's language, there are some things that distinguish liars from truth tellers. So, for example, liars tend to talk a little bit more about the emotions that they were experiencing mm -hmm. um, because they didn't really experience them. <laughs> so they oh, have to kind of tell a story about it. Whereas if you, if you really experience the situation, it, you feel it. You actually re-feel it when you re-experience it. So you don't need to tell anybody about it because it's, it's manifestly what happened to you. Um, so there's some things like that that you can do. That, but, but actually, uh, if you look at the way that, that people who are in the business of, the, of catching liars, what they do, what they really do is to ask you lots of questions whose answers you would know if you were telling the truth. So uh, okay. if I sense. asked you what high school you went to, if you told me the truth, you could also tell me things like how you got there, what street you used, you know, uh, where you lined up in the morning. And if you, if you didn't, weren't telling me the truth, you wouldn't know these things. And either you would stumble over them, or if I was really serious about catching you as a liar, I would actually record what you said and then go back and try to verify some of that information against what you told me. I only have 10 minutes with you, and there's so much more to ask. There's something in the book that just jumped out at me. Well, many things. Memories don't have to be accurate to be useful. Yeah. You know, it's funny. In this era in which we have video cameras and things like that, we, we tend to think about memory as being there primarily to help us re-experience things that, we happen, that happened to us in the past. But really, brains are actually about prediction. What your brain really wants to do is to figure out, do I know what's going to happen next? Is it safe? And what do I do in this situation? And for that function, it doesn't actually matter whether you experienced something yourself or saw it from saw somebody else do it or saw it in a movie or, or anything else as long as you know what's going to happen next. And so the brain doesn't do a great job of trying to figure out did it happen to you or did it happen to someone else, which is why every once in a while you might, for example, see something in a movie and then, experience, and then think back on it later and think, wow, this is something I experienced myself when in fact it was just something that you saw happen to somebody else. Oh, that is interesting too. Every year in my town, there's this fantastic crafts in the park. It's always a day before Mother's Day, so it's fun to go and shop and get lots of cool stuff. At any rate, I came across One Earth Body Care and it changed my life. Now, you may think I'm being hyperbolic, but I'm not. 
I am extraordinarily smelly and I have tried every natural deodorant under the sun. Nothing has worked except for their fantastic natural deodorant. They have a variety of scents. They are non-greasy, cream-based formula, baking soda-free. Magnesium hydroxide keeps odor at bay. And let me tell you, it sure does. Organic and gentle, and they have wonderful enchanting essential oil aromas. My favorite is vanilla rose, there's vanilla spice, lavender lime, lemongrass, cedar, sage. They also have wonderful shampoo bars, changed my daughter's life. Her hair looks amazing and conditioner bars. They have wonderful salves for dry skin and so much more. So please check them out at oneearthbodycare.com. You know, another thing is I keep hearing that multitasking is actually bad for your brain. How do you see multitasking? Yeah, uh, the brain doesn't really multitask. Yeah. Uh, Psychologists have been studying what they call dual task performance, which is just a a, a highbrow way of saying doing two things at once. Um, We've been studying that for 50 years. And what we know is do two things at once, get worse at both of them. Mm -hmm. So the brain really what it does is it shifts back and forth between tasks. It it does a rapid set of, of single tasking. And the problem is it takes time to switch back and forth between tasks. You're likely to lose your place and have to go back and redo things, which means you make more mistakes. You take longer to do it. And that's why uh, many of us in the modern era with with, with cell phones and things like that have have actually become masters at turning 45 minutes worth of work into four hours worth of work. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I I think it's a good idea to, you know, focus on one thing at a time. You know, last few minutes, I want to focus on Chapter 7. Do schools teach the way children learn? So my daughter has some learning differences and uh, she has an autism spectrum and some other stuff. And I I say no, but (laughs) she does have specialists that help her in a way. I feel like all the kids should get that kind of attention because I think kids learn in different ways. So talk to us about that. Yeah, you know, I think that that we have institutionalized schools, and it's fascinating because I always like to say that on the one hand, we we say we want kids to be independent thinkers, and we're going to train them to be independent thinkers by making sure they all get the same answer on the state test. Uh, and and so what we really need to do is is to take a step back and to recognize that we that getting the answer on a test is not the goal of education. Uh, I have students, I mean, I, my least favorite question as a college professor is, is this going to be on the exam? Yes. And after years <laughs> of struggling with that question, I finally realized that the correct answer to that question is yes, but it might not be my exam. You never know when you're going to need a particular piece of information. And what we need to be training people to do is to is to enhance that curiosity, to be willing to pick up and read something when they don't necessarily know if they need to know it because you you don't know what you're going to need until later, and to really be willing to engage deeply in the world around us rather than just trying to be as efficient as possible at getting a good grade on the next test. You know, Dr. Markman, I would love to have you back. There's so much more. The book is great. Brain Briefs, Answers to the Most and Least Pressing Questions About Your Mind. You are also one of the hosts of the Two Guys on Your Head podcast, which I can't wait to listen to. Tell us all the ways we can learn about you and your great work. 
Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, and I'd love to come back. Just just let me know. Um, yeah, Two Guys on Your Head, we're a, we're a radio show and podcast. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher and, and SoundCloud. The book, two, uh, Brain Briefs, uh, is out now. It's available at Amazon and, and Barnes and & Noble. You can find more uh, about all of this at twoguysonyourhead.org. Uh, which has links to the book and to the podcast and all sorts of other things. Fantastic. Dr. Markman, this has been super fun. I can't wait to talk to you again. Thanks, Lisa. It was great talking with you. Well, that's it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. And we would appreciate it if you could please rate and review and leave a comment because the more you engage with our podcast, the more you will find it and help other people find it wherever they listen to their podcast. So be sure to follow us. I'm at Andrea Donsky and at Naturally Savvy. And Lisa? At Lisa Davis MPH. Thank you so much. And please share this episode because the more you share shows you care. We'll see you next time.